Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hello, welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life with Delane MD podcast. You are listening to podcast number 63, and today we are going to talk about weekends. We're going to talk about special occasions. I feel like I get this question from my clients quite a bit. How do I manage the weekends? How do I stay on plan? How do I stay on track? How do I not lose ground? How do I not backslide on the weekends? So we're going to talk about that. At the end of this podcast, I am going to talk briefly about the holiday health fix program that's coming up come in November to get us through the holidays without getting sicker. And just let you know where you can get more information about that. I am going to be opening that up for sign up here in the next couple of weeks. So if that's something you're interested in, you definitely want to keep an eye out for that. But certainly this podcast kind of runs hand in hand with the holiday business, right? It's not just the weekends. It's the barbecues. It's the parties. It's the night out with the girls. But it's definitely the upcoming holidays. There is definitely a concentration in these special occasions and these get togethers during the holiday season. So learning to master the skill of getting through these events without going into a free fall, right? Without having a food fest, without undoing all the hard work you've done, that is a skill that needs to be mastered to live that naturally healthy life. This is part of it. So I always like to point out when you consider that the longest period of time during the calendar year between holidays is really the stretch between the 4th of July and Labor Day. And it's seven to eight weeks, depending on the year. So if you're relying on a time period where you won't have to quote unquote, manage a special occasion, For some extended period of time for you to be able to reach your health goals, that is not a winning strategy because you never get more than one to two months without a national holiday coming up. This isn't even factoring in birthdays and anniversaries and family events that are special occasions. Learning to navigate the special occasion is really a skill set and it has to really be mastered. Good news is there's plenty of options to practice it and practicing it and practicing it and practicing it is really what it takes to master that skill. So I want you to think about it. If there is a special occasion every six weeks, which is about what happens on the calendar year and you overeat at that special occasion every six weeks. And remember, these are just the biggies. These aren't going to include family birthdays. These aren't going to include family anniversaries or family get-togethers. So say you gain about five pounds from that overeat. Before you jump on that number, let's remember that it's not a single act of overeating that turns into the five-pound weight gain. It's the three-day food fest that turns into a five-pound weight gain, a true weight gain. If you just have one meal where you overeat or you eat the things like the super carby stuff, one meal is not going to look like weight gain. 
one meal of eating carby stuff or salty stuff will like look like water weight and it will show up as more weight on the scale, but it's something that you're going to dye your Reese off. You're going to pee it off in the next 48 to 72 hours. What really turns into true weight gain that takes a week or two to get off is when it's not just one meal. When you lose control for the entire weekend, when you decide to check out on taking care of you for the entire weekend, that looks like a five pound weight gain. And of course, it's not just the five pound weight gain that you also get. It's also blood sugars that are out of control for a couple days. It's all of these things. But most people want to see the scale change, right? We don't want to be sick with diabetes. We don't want to have all the consequences of diabetes. And I'm going to dive into that. But what most people want to see, not only do they want their blood sugars to normalize out, but they also want their weight to get better, right? Their weight to be normal, their weight to go down. And this is where people get really frustrated. So they have a holiday. It turns into a three-day food fest. That three-day food fest turns into a five-pound weight gain. And it takes about one to two weeks for you to work that five pounds off. So you have six weeks before the next holiday, right? So it takes you one to two weeks to work that holiday weight gain off. And then you get back on track. You're losing one to two pounds a week, maybe, right? That's really reasonable expectation for weight loss. That idea that you're going to lose two pounds of weight on average, that's a myth. It's not based on any science. And it typically leads to a lot of disappointment and frustration. That's a different podcast. For right now, I want you to understand that losing one to two pounds a week is what you should expect. So if it's six weeks between holiday where you overate and the next holiday, you spend two weeks getting the five pounds that you gained off. And then you spend the next four weeks losing one to two pounds. You're going to get about six pounds off during that four weeks. And then you hit your next holiday or your next special occasion. And what happens if your pattern is that you go off the rails and have a food fest for two or three days, you're gaining five pounds back. And then you have the next cycle, the same exact cycle comes up, right? This leads to the cycle that's so frustrating to people when they're trying to take care of themselves. And this is if it's just the special occasions that are getting you off track, okay? Most people, and kind of what prompted this podcast is that most people struggle with the same cycle every weekend. It's you spend the week living quote unquote right, you're living clean. I would offer that it's not really right or wrong. You're not living right, but you are living in a way that you're having thoughts that create the feeling of being determined or committed or in control. And that drives you to have actions that drives actions that honor your health goals. And so you see the results that you want, right? You see better blood sugar control. You see the scale starting to come down. But come Saturday morning, your blood sugars are looking fabulous. The scale is the lowest you've seen it in a long time. And Saturday afternoon comes along and you're out with friends or you're out with the kids and everybody's eating all the things. And that's when your dump thoughts come in. Instead of having thoughts that give you feelings of determination or commitment or being in control, you have thoughts like, why can't I eat this? Why can they eat it? But I can't eat it. Why is it so hard? They don't struggle with their health. And obviously they aren't eating clean. They aren't eating right. I wish I could eat the things. That would taste so good. One bite won't hurt. Of course, that thought one bite won't hurt turns into one portion. Like one bite of cake won't hurt. And if one bite of cake didn't hurt, then one piece of cake won't hurt. 
And since I've already eaten the piece of cake, I might as well just throw in the towel and eat all the things, right? It comes to this thought of, I've already blown it, I might as well, right? And of course, this leads to Sunday morning with high blood sugars, a jump on the scale, and you're going to spend the next two or three days getting all of that into control, all of this normalized out. And then, so you spend Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. If you don't do the same thing on Sunday, you spend Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. If you did it Saturday and you throw it in the towel and you do it on Sunday, then you're going to spend Monday, Tuesday, and at least Wednesday getting all of this back normalized out to back where you were when you started on Friday morning or on Saturday morning. And then you only have Thursday and Friday to really make any strides, any gains towards your health goals. And then of course the weekend comes up again. And if you've made the habit and practiced giving yourself a pass and talking yourself into eating all the things, then that's what you're well-practiced at. Chances are really good. That's what you're going to do next weekend too. And this is the pattern that my clients find themselves in. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Because this is what most people do. This is why it quote unquote takes forever. People get so frustrated. And they get so impatient that it's going to take forever, that it's taking forever. I'm not losing weight as quickly as I should. And they come to me talking about how quickly they want to reach their goals. But when this is how we handle special occasions, family outings, the weekends, this is why it takes so long, right? It's not just the weekends, same thoughts for any family get together, any special occasion, birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, all of it. This is the story. This is why it makes it so challenging to get through those days. These thoughts are why it makes it so hard to gain any ground by honoring your health goals during those times. So let's break it down. I want to break it down for how to get through it because there's definitely an easier way. You can definitely get through this. So first off, when we have the thoughts, I can't eat the foods. Or it's so hard to be the only one not eating the things. Or no one else is struggling struggling with their health. It's just me and it's just not fair. Or that would taste so good. Or the one bite won't hurt. And remember, the one bite won't hurt usually turns into the one bite won't hurt, one portion won't hurt. And I've already blown it. Might as well just do it and eat all the things, right? These thoughts create a variety of either indulgent thoughts or victimized thoughts or thought errors. I would encourage you to really get curious and look at what your thoughts and your moments are, but I'm going to look at these examples in this podcast. If these aren't your thoughts and you can't like apply and like extrapolate these to your thoughts, that's fine. Figure out what they are. Send me a message. If you have a question, Delane at Delane MD, I'm happy to answer anything, but I want you to see what these thoughts, because these are the common ones that I hear from people, what they create for you. So I can't eat those foods feels very victim-y. Like there is something wrong in the world that's happened to me and I don't get to eat those foods. That feels very victim-y. It typically leads to feelings of deprivation or frustration. When you are the kind of person that deals with negative emotions by overeating, then you are the kind of person that's going to have these negative emotions and your brain is going to offer you to overeat. And you can tell me that you are not an emotional eater and that that's not your problem. You can believe that if you want, but what I'm going to tell you is if you overeat, the only reason that we have overeating related illnesses like type two diabetes or obesity or any other insulin resistance, prediabetes, 
polycystic ovarian disease, all of those things. The only reason we get those diseases is because we emotionally eat. If you are eating foods only to serve as fuel for your body, you do not have extra weight on your body. So anytime that you're feeling these negative emotions or having thoughts in your brain that create these negative emotions, victimized, frustrated, deprived, your brain is likely going to be the kind of brain that offers you food to manage this. So all of these thoughts that we're going to go through produce similar emotions and those emotions are negative emotions. And if you're the kind of person that's listening to this podcast, because you want to fix your diabetes or you want to lose weight, you're the kind of person that's doing this. Even if you don't see it, frankly, even if you don't see it, obviously, I would encourage you to dig deep and see where it's at. So the other thought, it's so hard to be the only one that's not eating the things. This drives feelings. Again, it's very victim-y. It's deprivation, it's loneliness, it's isolation, maybe even all of those feelings feel bad. And again, your brain is likely going to offer you to eat the things. Another thought, no one else is struggling with their health. It's just me and it's not fair. Again, it seems unjust and it's very victimized. These are negative thoughts that just really produce more negative thoughts, right? There's not a fix for this. I mean, like there's no action that's driven from these thoughts that are going to serve or honor your health in any way. I wish I could eat that. This is a great one, right? Like that looks so good. That would be the best. That would taste so good. You start thinking about how it feels in your mouth. That creates desire. It's all it creates. It just creates desire. And when you have desire, all that you do is create more thoughts about how amazing it would taste, creating more desire, creating how more thoughts about how amazing it would taste, creating more desire. Inevitably, that desire becomes so strong because you've created so much of it that it's very hard to use willpower or self-discipline to not eat the things where we wonder when we wonder why our desire, like, why do I crave the food so much? We crave the food so much because we think about the food so much. That's why we crave it so much. We have thoughts about it. That would taste so good. Again, the same thing. It creates desire and it creates a cycle of indulgent thought that just creates more desire. You're just creating more of it. One bite won't hurt. I love this thought. This is one that we come, everybody has had this one bite won't hurt. It's not a problem. Just one bite. But what your result is that you ate all the things then you didn't just have one bite. You had maybe one or two bites and then you were like, oh, I kind of already screwed it up. I might as well have the whole piece. And then, well, I've already really screwed the pooch here. I might as well have all the, thing, all the things, right? One bite won't hurt is a thought error. And the reason it's a thought error is because the result that you get is one bite totally hurt. One bite totally screwed up your health. One bite totally screwed up your blood sugars. One bite totally screwed up your weight. One bite totally undid all the work that you did last week. One bite totally hurt. The story that one bite doesn't hurt, one bite won't hurt is a thought error. So remember, here's the best thing about thoughts. Like we get frustrated when like we're told, well, they're just thoughts. Like it's, it's just as simple as changing your thoughts. It is just as simple as changing your thoughts. What if that were the fact, like, it's just as simple as changing your thoughts, how much easier would your life be? Right. So believing that you can't change your thoughts doesn't serve you any, in any way for your health. Right. Remembering that all these thoughts are optional. They're not required. You believe that you're reporting the news. Like this is just the way it is. The cake looks good. It's not my fault. But what I want you to realize is you can choose to continue to think these thoughts 
But if they're not getting you the results you want, you can also choose to think something differently. And that's where you are empowered to make a change. I like to encourage folks to think of the full picture. What do I like about the foods and what do I not like about the foods? Most of the time we find ourselves that we're just giving our thoughts or most of the time we find that we're just giving ourselves the thoughts about wanting the food. That's what we're rotating through over and over. I want the things. I want the things. But the fact is that there's a big part of you that really doesn't want the food. You don't want the heartburn that comes along from overstuffing yourself. You don't want the gut bomb and the nausea and the fullness in your tummy that comes along from overstuffing yourself. You don't want the fatigue and the lethargy that comes from your skyrocketing blood sugars. You don't want um, to read the blood sugar in the morning for your fasting blood sugar being up. You don't want to see the number on the scale associated with eating all the things. You don't want the blurry vision that comes with your blood sugar being through the roof. You certainly don't want the neuropathy that comes from the nerve damage of having elevated blood sugars to a point that damage your nerves. You don't want the risk of kidney disease that comes from long-standing high blood sugars. You don't want the increased risk of stroke that comes from having diabetes. You don't want the increased risk of heart attacks that come from having diabetes. And you certainly don't want the increased risk of death associated with being sick with diabetes. There are a bunch of things that you really don't want that come along with all the things. You can tell yourself you want the cake, you want the pie, you want the fried chicken, you want the chips, the nachos, the pizza. You can tell yourself that. But the fact of the matter is that's not the only thing that you want. You The truth is you don't only want all the things. Wanting all the things is not the whole story. So let's start looking at the whole picture first off. Like I want the food, but there's also a lot that comes with the food that I don't want. And then let's start applying some critical thinking, okay? So the first step I always tell folks when we're looking at the holidays, when we're looking at the weekends, when we're looking at going out with the girls, because what we want to say is there's less control, there's uncertainty. Of course, we feel out of control. When we feel out of control, we don't know how to act. We act in a way that comes from our primitive brain that just wants to seek out pleasure, avoid pain, and expend the least amount of energy possible, right? When we act from that place, we make bad decisions, okay? So here's what I want to offer you. You are always, always, always in control. Seriously, always. You cannot pay somebody to take this control from you. Remember, there's no mystical creature that comes down from the sky, from the clouds and shoves all the things in your mouth and makes you eat them. You tell yourself you have no control. But the fact of the matter is that that every time you make a decision to eat something that does not honor your goals and your health, it is a decision that you made. Full-blown, in control, you made the decision. There is no food jumping in your mouth. There is no creature shoving it in your mouth. You're the creature, you're in control. You make the decision to eat the things. It does not just happen to you. You get to make the decision, you get to decide. Initially, you wanna be angry about this. You wanna use this as a way to beat yourself up. But what I wanna offer you is to stop that immediately. This is great news because when you decide, when you can make the decision to eat the things, then you also have the power to make the decision not to eat the things. You are always in control. This is a responsibility, right? Like once you realize like I made the decision, it's like this heavy responsibility and it feels like, oh, what a drag. But with that responsibility also comes empowerment. Like, oh, 
I made the decision to do the thing I don't like, but good news, I can also make the decision to not do the things that don't align with my integrity, with my authenticity, with my health goals. You're always in control. You always have this. You've got this always. So the next thing I always offer my clients is make a plan. And I know folks get sick of hearing this. Like everybody's like, seriously, yeah, I know, make a plan. But planning is not your enemy. So many people look at planning as if it's the thing that confines them. Like if I make a plan, then I'm confined to these things. I like to looking at my plan. I like looking at my plan like it's my secret weapon. It is the thing that liberates me from the food chatter that happens when I go to the event, when the weekend comes. I don't have to be wrapped up in, do I eat it? Do I not eat it? Well, do I want it? I don't know. Do I want to break my plan? I don't know if I want to break my plan. Do I want to have the scale go up? Will it make the scale go up? I don't know. What am I going to do? I'm liberated from all of that when I make a plan and I follow it. And that is where it becomes your secret weapon. You make a plan and then you say, I've made a plan and I'm going to stick to it. That's the way it is. There's no thinking about it. There's no interpreting. There's no debating. There's no conversation. There's no negotiating. All that chatter gets shut down because you made a decision. Decide what you're going to eat. Clarify what you will and you won't eat. And then you do it. If you're going out with your kids and you're going to hit a restaurant, it doesn't matter what restaurant it is. I don't care if it's a restaurant that only serves pasta. Like I would like you to bring me the cup of pasta sauce on the side from the pasta. I don't want it on the pasta. I would like you to bring me the lasagna and then I'm only gonna eat the cheese and meat filling from the lasagna. I would like you to bring me a salad. I can always find a way to stick within the boundaries that serve my goals, that honor my health goals, always. I can also say, I hope you guys enjoy this restaurant. I'm not going to eat here. I'll grab something when I get home. Sometimes people, they feel um, obligated to enjoy that meal with their family. Like they feel obligated to participate. Essentially, that's what they consider it. Like if I'm eating and they're eating, I'm participating and I want to participate too. And it's not necessarily wrong to have that feeling, but you've got to decide whether you want to tie eating to the experience of participating. It doesn't always need to be tied together, right? The recognition that you really don't like the way that food makes you feel, like there is part of it. I don't care how great it tastes in the moment. There is part of it that is not enjoyable for you, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, right? Either you don't like the blood sugars, you don't like the way it's making you sick, you don't like what it's doing to the scale, you don't like the medications that you're on because the food, pick your reason, but there is part of you that does not like that food, or you would not be listening to this podcast. So when you're out with your family and you're telling yourself the story that I've got to eat the stuff that I don't even like to participate in the get together, question whether you really want to think that. I don't think that. When my daughter offers me a Cheeto and she's like, here, mommy, eat it. I'm eating them here, mommy, eat it. And she's so sweet. And she just wants me to enjoy it. But I know that one Cheeto will give me debilitating heartburn. I don't like it. There's no reason for me to eat the one Cheeto. I just tell her, no, I love her. I want her to enjoy it, but I'm not going to eat the Cheeto because I don't like the way it makes me feel. And I don't want to put things into my body that makes me feel badly. So 
if you need to borrow one of those thoughts for you to be able to get through a meal with your family and not eat food that makes you sick, borrow it, take it, run with it, enjoy it. Okay. But you make a plan and then you stick to the plan. You are always in control to stick to the plan. Always. It's always in your ability to stick to your plan. Even if your plan is I'm going to have meat, a healthy meat, and I'm going to have a vegetable or a salad. And then you go to the pasta place and there is no meat alone. And there is no veggie or pasta or veggie or salad at the pasta place. Awesome. You sit, you have a nice glass of fizzy water with your family, you let them eat, and then you go home and you have what you need. Or you go by a restaurant that has what you have planned to eat and you pick that up on the way home and you eat it when you get home. We make it very complicated and it really doesn't need to be that complicated. You can take exquisitely fabulous care of yourself and experience time with your family. You don't have to make a decision on one or the other. So then the other thing that I encourage folks to do on the holidays and also on the weekend is to plan for self-care. Remember, most people are not overeating because they're starving for food, right? Like if we have extra weight on ourselves, if we have eaten so much to the point that we are physically ill with a chronic disease like type two diabetes, If that is what we have done to ourselves, we are not starving for food. So overeating anything is never the answer to what we need. We're not starving for food. Most of the time, people find that they are overeating because they are starving for pleasure. They are starving for self-care. They are starving for enjoyment. So since you are no longer using food to meet the needs of your self-care, to meet the needs of your enjoyment, to meet the needs of providing pleasure into your life, I highly encourage you to find some ways to experience pleasure in your weekend, okay? So that might look like hanging out and reading a book, giving yourself 30 minutes on the front porch. This is one of my favorite things to do. 30 minutes on the front porch with some fizzy water and a book. Like that is, there's nothing more enjoyable. 30 minutes on the front porch, just checking out, like not having anything to think about, watching the people walk by in my neighborhood, just watching the squirrels play, watching the cat chase the squirrels, just relaxing and doing nothing on the front porch, giving myself, allowing myself 30 minutes to do that is truly a pleasure that I did not give myself years ago. Like that was not something that I gave myself. And because I wasn't experiencing that true pleasure, I was trying to provide myself pleasure with food and that food made me overweight and sick. Um, Planning a warm bubble bath, planning a hot shower, planning to go on a long walk, planning to play fetch with your dog, planning to read some crazy Cosmo magazine that might just be like mindless brain fodder that you just get to like, just indulge in a little bit, right? Nothing bad comes from taking a hot bath, right? You don't like, your leg doesn't fall off. You don't go blind. Your kidney function doesn't decline. You don't have an increased risk of stroke or heart attacks from taking a bubble bath, right? Same thing with the Cosmo magazine. You're not going to die from reading the Cosmo. So finding whatever it is that brings pleasure into your weekend and then enjoying that, like planning for it, bring that into your weekend so that you can have some pleasure that's not food related. So again, like the weekends can be managed. The holiday season can be managed. The special occasions can be managed without having 
a back step, without postponing, without slowing your progress. You can manage the weekends and these special occasions in ways that you still get to achieve your health goals. And here's what I offer everybody. Like if there was a million dollars on the table for you to get through the weekend without going into that food fest, without not honoring your health goals, you would totally be able to do it. And maybe it's not a million dollars for you. I'm totally rolling my eyes for those of you uh, listening to this on the podcast and not watching this on YouTube. I'm rolling my eyes if you're going to tell me that a million dollars wouldn't be enough to um, inspire you to follow your plan and do what needs to be done. If it's not enough, though, I guess that's possible. There is a dollar amount that would be possible to inspire you, though, right? That would incentivize you appropriately to do what needs to be done. And if that dollar amount can inspire you, then what else can inspire you? You know it's possible. If I could do it for a million bucks, I know I can do it. So why am I not doing it? Why am I not worth it? Why am I not worth a million bucks is really what it comes down to. And that's something that I would dig into if you're not doing this for yourself. You can do it the holiday or the weekend thing, the holiday thing, completely something that is manageable. You just have to find the right incentive to make your to make you want to do it. And really just be like looking at it critically, this critically, critically evaluating what's going on and what do you really want and linking into that. So try those two steps. I hope it helps for you. Um, the Holiday Health Fix is coming up. It will be starting November 23rd. That's a Monday, I believe. The reason I get confused on the dates is because the information will be uh, released actually to the members of the Holiday Health Fix the day before. So you can start working on it actually the Sunday before Thanksgiving. There will be information uh, posted about this, but essentially it's a six-week program. There will be three meetings a week. There will be group meetings. There will be sending your logs in, your food logs, as well as your blood sugar logs. I'll get all of this information out, but really the holiday health fix is really the six-week program so that this holiday season is the last holiday season that you start actually sicker than you did the season before. That's what the studies show. The studies show that each holiday season, you will start sicker. Your blood sugars will be worse. Your weight will be higher than it was the year before because we aren't undoing the negative impacts that occur during the holiday season. We aren't undoing them in the next year. Like the, you know, November to December, we make all the bad decisions and we have a negative impact on our health. We don't undo those negative impacts that happen to our health between January and November of the next year. That's what studies are showing. And when you look at that and you see that diabetes is already a chronic progressive disease, or most people treat it as a chronic progressive disease, unless you take some very um, striking action, that's what the holiday health fix is. This is a intense six-week program for you to take some massive action and change your health for the better this holiday season. So keep an eye out on the social media, my Facebook page, Instagram, you can find me at Delane MD on both of those. If you have any questions, you can always email me Delane at Delane MD and we'll keep posting about the holiday health fix and how to get uh, registered for that. So I hope everybody has a great week. I hope you find this information healthy or helpful. If you have any questions, definitely holler at me. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. 
visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the Work With Me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.